Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 92, presented by Guy Boston Sports. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by just Alex Clawson today. Alex, how we doing? I think this is the first just Andrew and Clawson episode. We've had Clawson and Steve. We've had Gardner and Steve. But I don't think we've ever had a Gardner and Clawson episode. This is this is going to be a first. This is going to be an interesting one, folks. This is uh, this is this is uh, do what you can to get an episode out this week. Episode uh, again. We all seem to just be insanely busy right now, so trying to get something out is is tough. Uh, but we're recording this on the roof of uh, my place. We got one mic. Red Sox just won. It's a beautiful evening, July fourth. Doesn't really get much better than this. So yeah, but no, no Steve today. No. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think this is the first time that it's just been the two of us. We have no buffer between professionalism and just complete buffoonery, as we usually do with Steve. Uh, this this now probably means if we get this out right away, this probably means we have no time to edit or cut anything. So I'm gonna have to mu- I'm gonna have to muzzle myself sometimes. Yeah, you better not be saying anything because I I don't know how to edit this show. That's think, all, Steve. You think I do? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Um, yeah, probably not going to be an intro, uh, clip on this or outro music too. So this is gone bridge as raw as it gets folks. We're, 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 are we raw, raw dog in episode? I think we are raw dog in episode 92. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, anyways, Red Sox, big July 4th win. We are toasted, sat out, sat on the bleacher side. I can't even tell you the last time I like sat out there to begin with. And today was just probably the worst day ever to decide to sit back out there again yeah my my lack of portuguese skin came into play today i'm quite burnt my nose is is quite red um i got a nice base base layer burn yesterday the day before fourth of july on the beach today is just adding insult to injury it's just just kicking a man while he's down yeah the the long weekend it's great in some ways but in other ways it uh it kind of it, it kind of kills you sometimes kind of kills you it's been you know especially on the holiday it, you know I, i'm <laughs> you beat up a little bit i'm souvenir soda cup from fenway down levels of down bad right now yeah <laughs> spilled it spilled it all our, our drink cups got abused at the park today i was sitting on the aisle seat and this guy like tripped and like full-on karate kicked my lemonade like three seats over and I didn't even get an apology out of that, but that was, that was weird. You dropped your soda. Uh, Fenway was packed today. Today was like, it was a a long, long game. Like not a lot of action. Red Sox won, obviously like the pitching was fantastic. Kind of like a weird setup with Cutter Crawford coming out of the pen. But uh, I think I said this to you at the game. I like the idea of day games so much better than like day games themselves. No, absolutely. Going to a day game, everyone, everyone, by the time you get to a night game, you've been up, you've been active. Some people have been going to the bar for a little bit, getting a little, getting a little drinky in there. <laughs> and a night game is just better. The atmosphere is better. It's a little more comfortable in the park, but a day game, you know, you get there, it, it takes up your whole day. Yeah. You know, you got to get there a little bit before one. So you're there at 12. I mean, you got to get into the city, you know, depending on where you live, got to get in there before noon, find somewhere to park. And then you're done by, you know, 5 p.m. And then, you know, you got to get dinner and then you got to go home. And then, oh, you know, bada bing, bada boom. It's 8 p.m. And your day is gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Well, we had that. We had the morning game this year too when we went to see the Red Sox play the White Sox. That was like that was the worst. That was that was really bad. It was a Sunday morning as well too. So, been out the night before. But yeah, today was a great time. Fourth of July at Fenway. Some nice pregame ceremonies. Place was bumping. Uh, just a just a hot one today. But you know, summer in Boston, no complaints. So the Red Sox you know, get off on the right foot against the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that you really need to win some games now because we'll kind of dive into these series against who are we playing? Cleveland, Toronto, and then the, the Cubs. But now you're in a stretch. You've got, I think, 14, 13 or 14 games. Now I think 13 before the all-star break. And it's Tampa Bay, it's New York, it's Tampa Bay, and then it's New York again. So, like the Red Sox just went on this huge, great stretch, like fantastic, great, really good. But this is where we're going to have to like really see, can this team compete, compete at this top level? You know, you kind of have to consider the next three series. You've had some fluff in the past. Cleveland, you can kind of move through. Uh, Toronto was a test. Uh, Chicago, for no reason at all, was a test. But now you get into these division games. We haven't had a ton of these. And if you want this team to be a second half team, just based on the schedule, you're going to have to beat division teams. You're going to have to beat New York. You're going to have to beat Tampa. You're going to have to beat Toronto. So if you have any hope of being a second half team, you at least have to be defensive in these games. You know, you can't just can't lay down. You can't be losing these games by big numbers. You know, is there reason to worry if you maybe don't go 500 over this next stretch? No, still 80 something games to go after this, but I think you at least got to show that this team has the ability and consistency to go beat these AL East teams. So tomorrow is going to be the halfway point of the season. The Red Sox right now sitting at 45 and 35. So if they win tomorrow, be on pace for 92 wins, which was that what we, what did we finish with last year? 94, 93. I'm trying to remember. I think it was 93. It was. Yeah. I think you're right. It was 93. And I mean, you, I, I think if you looked at at the beginning of the season where this team was at right now and you saw that they're 10 games over 500, you'd be like, oh, that's okay. I think if you didn't see the records and you saw that the Red Sox were like 14 games back of first place, with that being the Yankees, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? But the Yankees are just having like an unbelievable season. Like it's to the point, I think I saw that the Yankees could play 500 ball the rest of the year and still win like – I think 99 games, like 100 games. It's ridiculous. So, you know, but when you look at the record, I think you'd say, I think, I think you'd, would, would you take 10 games over 500, like halfway through? Yeah. I mean, especially when you project that over the season, I think the second half is going to be much harder than the first. I think they kind of did themselves a little dirty, not capitalizing on some of those, those bad teams early on. And then some of these bad teams as of recent, for example, the Cubs, but I think if you project this out, you know, roughly times it by two, if you're anywhere between 90 and 96 wins for a season, I think that that's a good season, especially for this team that's built like this. Well, the thing is right now is I know, again, we're only halfway through the season. There's plenty of time left. Uh, But realistically, you know, making up grounds again, it's early, but the Yankees are like just so far ahead right now that realistically you just got to play good enough ball to get into the wild card, which, you know, if they keep it up like this, they're going to do, but they've got a lot 
of tough tests ahead of them. However, today's game, when you look at especially the pitching matchups this series, today's game is the one where you're nervous. You're really not expecting the team to win. So to get the W with, you know, Austin Davis starting, I don't even know. I think he's got one career start maybe. I think last year he started a game. Cutter Crawford, phenomenal. I think he went five and a third today. No, uh, no runs, two hits. Like he was great because, you know, you got Pavetta tomorrow. Rich Hill will, you know, he's, he's out. He's still alive, thankfully. But, you know. You know we, we were talking about this earlier. If, if Rich Hill were to die, do you put him on the 60-day DL? Like how, did, how does that work? I'd, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't, I don't know how that, I'm sure there's some rule somewhere. There's, I, there's gotta be, you know, you can't be a professional baseball organization and not have some sort of crisis plan for if a player dies. Oh yeah. I mean, especially one of Rich Hill's age. <laughs> My God. Um, yeah. Well, Rich Hill, what do he do? Pop, popped his knee or something? I don't know. He's, he's got needs hip replacement. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think he forgot his walker going out to the mound one game, slipped or something. Um, but he's gonna be out for a little bit of time. So the Red Sox are down once again. Another starter. You know, we've been without Avaldi for a little while here now. Whitlock's been out. It's been like three weeks to a month now. We're going on without these guys. Uh, now we're missing him. Michael Waka scratched from today's uh, start with a with a heavy arm. What do you what do you think a heavy arm feels like? Probably just feels. I'm gonna guess like you know, not that I'm someone who goes onto a major league bound and throws 70 plus pitches at 90 plus miles an hour all that often. But I have to imagine that when you go onto the mound, you don't want anything in your shoulder or your arm feeling tight. So maybe it's just you wake up. You know, maybe you sleep on it wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you just maybe you're going through your progressions and, and something just doesn't feel right. And I guess for a guy like Waka, you know, maybe if you're 20 something, you know, you've already had something like Tommy John, you can work through those things. But at Michael Waka's age, especially with the season he's having, you don't want to go out and risk an uncomfortable start. And then he gets into the third inning and throws something out, makes it worse. So maybe it was a precaution move. I don't know what a dead arm means, but that would be my guess is it's, it's precaution. I think dead arm is up there with loose bodies and elbow as my favorite, my two favorite baseball injury terms. I'm trying to think of a, like a better one than those two, but yeah, walk a scratch today and he's been so, so good this year. So, you know, that's a big loss. And now you're looking at the rotation from opening day and you're missing, you know, essentially four out of your five guys, you know, you're without Avaldi, you're without Walker, you're without Hill. And Whitlock wasn't originally in the rotation, but now Houck's in the bullpen. And Pavetta is your last guy standing. And thankfully, he has been the best pitcher out of all of them. Got to get him to L.A. somehow for the All-Star game. But now you're starting to play around with, you know, Winkowski's been been in there. He's been good. You think we're going to see Bayo on Wednesday? I hope so. I think this is the time where you got to get, you know, he has so many times he can go up and down. I think it would be good to have Bayo come up. Um, he's been nails in Worcester. So I think he's, he's earned the start. Is he going to stay up for a long time? Probably not. But I think at this point you got to see what, how he can translate from Worcester to Boston, just because he's been so good in Worcester. You can't really get much better than how he's been pitching. So 
I think it's worth bringing them up, especially because you're so you're so strapped with starters. As you said, four or your five guys are out, and you just got to give them a shot. Yeah, I mean, we saw Seabold pick up two starts on the road trip with guys out. Those were – the first one against Toronto was not great. Red Sox lost that game. Yesterday against the Cubs, better. Uh, but look at the top 30 prospect list right now. It's, it's Meyer, it's Casas, it's York, and then it's Bayo at number four, uh, their top pitching prospect. And so far in AAA this year, I mean, Clausen, as you said, he's been just lighting it up. Actually, just in generals in the minor the minors this year, between AA and AAA, 10 and 4, 233 ERA. He's got um, an opponent's batting average of 182, a whip of 104, and 114 strikeouts in just 85 innings. Uh, the kid can flat out, he can bring it. He can bring it. I will say this. I will say this. I was going to come onto the show today, and this is kind of reminiscent. If you've been listening for a little while, if you listened to the show last year, this is kind of reminiscent and reminds me of another kind of certain situation last year where we had a top prospect in AAA who was really doing well, and the Red Sox needed some help in this department. And I had said, this guy is not coming up. I guarantee he's not coming up. He's not coming up. He came up. He wasn't up a lot. But talking about Jaron Durant, he was up last year. I was going to come on this, the show today. I was going to promise people. I was going to promise people that we were not going to see Brian Bayo this year. I, I, was, I was ready to go that far because he's still young. He's 23. I mean, we see guys pulled up into the majors younger than that now. But I was, I was fully expecting to, to go on that hill and to die on that hill today. Because again, you know, he's only made, he's only pitched nine times in AAA so far. But now with the injury concerns, Cora said he is an option for Wednesday. So we'll see. And listen, I'd love, I'd love to see him up. I think it'd be exciting. I think, you know, who was the last like top pitching prospect that, that was like this much hype? Henry Owens? Like Henry Owens. I'm trying to think of anybody else in the last couple of years. Was Brian Johnson ever this hyped up? No, he like kind of, but not, not this much. And I mean, even, even the hype around Bayo, it's, it's not like crazy no. levels. Well, I've, I've heard some comparisons from some people saying he's, you know, the next Pedro, like they, you know, they overlay his motion to Pedro's motion and all that kind of stuff. And hey, we will never know if he's going to be the next Pedro until he comes up. I always think you, you hear that every spring training. You, know, you draft some guy, he can throw, he, he throws hard. Bayo throws really hard. He's got good movement on his pitches. And if you go by that, then everybody's Pedro Martinez 2.0. So I think, I think it's worth bringing him up. I mean, looking at top prospect rankings from the past couple of like years for the Red Sox, I mean, 2018, their number two and three prospects. Jay Groom and Tanner Houck uh, at that point, too. Sam Travis, number five prospect in the organization. Darwin's and Hernandez. Darwin's and Hernandez is a guy we – I don't think we talked about, like, him at all on the show this year. Fell off a cliff. Fell off a cliff. He's still in AAA. Mike Schwarin, number nine. Well, this is you, – you forget that this is when – oh, Bobby Dalbeck, 2018. 2018. This is, this is when – 
Dave Dombrowski was in the peak of gutting the farm system. I bet if you went back to 2016, we have a much different looking team, looking farm system. But this is just when he absolutely gutted it. Yeah, if, looking at the 2015 list, Red Sox, uh, top 10 prospects, Mankata number one, Blake Swihart number two, Henry Owens number three, Eddie Rodriguez number four, Devers five, Margot six, Brian Johnson seven, Garen Shashini eight. I remember when he was like, he was supposed to be the next, another great piece for the Red Sox. Never was. Matt Barnes nine and our man Devin Marrero number 10. Yeah, looking at looking at this now, I'm glad that Dave Dombrowski went ahead and traded a lot of these guys away because, you know, we never know how they would have turned out if they were developed under a different system. But even a guy like Moncada's had his struggles. He was supposed to be the next big thing. And he's good. There's no doubt about that. But he hasn't been. Actually, he hasn't been good. (laughs) 181 on the season. But if you take a look at these guys, you know, you, you keep some of them, you trade, you know, thank God he didn't trade Rafael Devers. But if he had gotten, you know, he got rid of a lot of these guys and it turned out into a World Series. So Dave Dombrowski, maybe at the time, seemed like he was gotten everything, but clearly knew what he was doing and didn't see much in these guys. So, anyways, we'll see about Bayo on Wednesday. Yeah, these are, these are fun to look back on. If you're a big Red Sox fan, want a quick trip down memory lane, Take a look. Take a look through these. I mean, Al, you remember Alan Webster, 2013? He was one of the guys we uh, we got in the Adrian Gonzalez trade, I think. Um, but yeah. Anyways, number 18, Pat Light. <laughs> there he is, Pat Light. This is when the list only went to 20, but Pat Light, former top 20 prospect for the Boston Red Sox. That's an achievement. Struck out Pat Light or uh, struck out Mike Trout. I was going to say, I didn't want to dance past this too fast. You were saying that you are not a major league baseball pitcher and you do not go out and throw 90. Uh, you're lucky that the throwing video hasn't been been released yet. I don't I don't know when we're going to get to that, but. I consider it like the, the JFK files that tells everyone that the CIA killed them. It's going to live in the archives until someone's bold enough to release it. It doesn't paint anybody in a particularly good light. Uh, nobody pitches particularly well. Steve pitched. Steve pitched the best, but he was nowhere near to uh, to any of the hype yeah. that anyone brought. I think now it was Steve was the fastest. I think he was what, like seventy two. Yes, something like that. I was in the middle. I think I was sixty seven. Where were you at again? Well, we're just gonna have to wait for the video to come <laughs> out to find out. Oh, I've already spoiled two thirds of it. It's a good watch. We'll we'll get it out soon. Um, but yeah, today was also beach towel giveaway day. Um, we didn't make it to the park in time. The Red Sox have got, they've had some sweet giveaways, uh, recently they had the 99 chain. What was that? Like a week and a half. That was two weeks ago now. Um, they have these sweet giveaways, but they give away like 5,000 of them. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it incentivizes people to get to the park early. And I suppose that's the point of a giveaway. Not everyone gets it. Yeah. You know, it sucks that the people don't get a beach towel or a, or a 99. I wish they had done more of the 99 chains. If the entire park was dripped out in those things, I think that would have been sick. Although I will say, I was expecting those to be like much bigger than they were. They, I mean, they're cool, but I mean, they're supposed to be replicas. And when you think about it, you know, you don't want some like big, big hanging chain on your <laughs> neck when you're running around in the outfield. 
It's like the the Padres home run chain, like in the outfield, just like clanking around. Exactly. Uh, the beach towel's nice today. Didn't get one, though. Uh, end of the month, though, though it's uh, David Ortiz Hall of Fame uh, pin night. So that'll be that'll be cool. That's against the Guardians. But, yeah, looking back quickly, uh, we'll do a quick rundown. Um, in Cleveland, that, that Saturday, we had recorded that morning. That was, that was the big one. That was – you're going up against Shane Bieber. You're trying to extend – the winning streak and you're down and out all game, all game. Nothing's really happening. And then Alex Verdugo three run shot in the sixth inning. Um, I mean, that was big too, because Duran had gotten thrown out. I'm trying to remember if he was going for a triple or trying to steal third, but he got thrown out at third to start the inning and the Red Sox just could not get anything going that game. Um, and I feel like the, the guys who don't, always hit the most home runs for the Red Sox where uh, some <laughs> we, we got a, we got a man down across the street. <laughs> we're out, we're outside uh, again on like the rooftop right now and enjoying the view of the city. Um, and some kid just wiped out on a scooter across the street. I, he may not have, I, I can't really tell. I, I didn't hear much of a much, much clanging around or, Anything like that, you know? Oh, I don't know. He's getting up. Oh, he's good. I think you. I think you. Oh no! I, I think. I, I think he was pretending. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he watches a lot of Bruins hockey. What? What are? Can you think of, like, a worse pain than when you were younger? Do you have, you have like a scooter, like a yep. razor? No free ads, but a like a scooter name brand scooter. Um, the worst pain of all time. I think it's up there with like stepping on those. Uh, those multicolored bricks that you play with as a kid um you go to like turn you go to like move it around and it would swing around and nail your ankle you ever have that happen with the razor scooter oh brutal it's just like titanium metal going into the most delicate part (laughs) of your body and it's just so unexpected yeah that's that's the worst i do miss I feel like there's there's a certain age where you like have to stop riding a scooter or you just look really funny. Yeah, I mean, even like the electric scooters that I see people riding around on campus, like sure, they're a lot easier than riding a skateboard. Yes, they're much smaller than a moped or one of those other electric scooters that you sit on and ride. But they just I don't know, like there's just something goofy about it. It's especially because all the athletes have them. Yeah. So you have like, you know, a 300 pound offensive lineman bombing a hill on this like little tiny scooter. Yeah. At UNH, they give all the athletes free scooters. Um, I don't really know how that's not like a NCAA or was an NCAA like violation, but I don't know. Who knows? They get free scooters. So yeah, it was, you're right. That was, that was always a sight sight to see. Um, But yeah, this game against Cleveland, Josh Winkowski was great. Again, um, lowered his ERA down to 360. You know, he he had that first really tough game where he gave up uh, four runs in three innings. And since then, he has only given up uh, in 23 innings five earned runs. So he's been phenomenal. He's a guy like, you know, and he's a, he is a top prospect, I guess, technically still. But this is this is what you expect. And this was kind of the sleeper like 
when the Red Sox traded Andrew Benintendi, like he kind of got thrown in there as like a guy you're like, all right, in a couple of years, this guy could be good, but it, you do forget about him a little bit. And now that he's up, people are realizing, you know, Franchi's having a good season. He had another big hit today. I think you're starting to realize that that Benintendi trade, like that, that worked out well. And we were, I will say, I think we, we did say this on the show at the beginning of the year, like kind of freaking out at the beginning of the year. We were like, why did we do that? Benny was tearing it up. Franchi was in the minors. I mean, that was looking back, it was a good trade. I don't think you can complain about it now. I think Benny is Benny could be an all-star this year. I think he's he's broken out into probably probably the best he'll be. Was he was he an all-star in 2018? No. I don't think so. But I don't think you can complain now where Franchi is hitting well. He's still a little bit streaky, but he needs to he needs to put more contact on the ball because he's he has the power. When he swings, he swings hard. And when he connects on it, it goes it goes far and it goes fast. But I, I think he's made some strides. He's been okay at first. And then again, Winkowski has kind of been the surprise. I didn't really expect a ton out of him, but he's come up. He's been good. He's done exactly what you ask him to do. And he's shut down some good teams on the mound. I don't think you can complain about that. So, you know, you get a starter who's been good so far and, you know, a streaky first base outfielder with untapped power still versus, you know, a borderline all-star outfielder. I don't know that you can really tip the scales too far one way to say the Royals won this one or the Red Sox won this one. I think it was, it turned out to be fairly, fairly fair. That it was anyways, the uh, final game against Cleveland, Rich Hill, he pitched, he pitched well, like pretty good again. You know, Rich Hill, he, he's had some control issues this year, a lot of walks, uh, but six innings, five strikeouts, just the one run. Uh, I mean, this was this kind of the, the start of the, the Red Sox won this game handily, thankfully, but Hansel Robles has been so, so bad, so bad. His last seven games, four and two-thirds innings, 19.29 ERA. He's got a whip of almost four. I mean, even his last 15 games, his ERA is almost nine. The beginning of the season, I was really impressed by him. Like, he was the guy who was coming out, and he was dominating, and he was shoving when we were still kind of looking for the closer role, and we still kind of are. I wouldn't say – I wouldn't put all my money down and say, like, oh, yeah, Houck's our closer, Houck's our guy. But I I said two months ago, I was like, I want Robles as the closer. He's been He's been awful, like so bad. Yeah, and they always seem to put him in in situations where you would think that they have a lot of confidence in him. And in the last couple of games, he's just completely obliterated that confidence. Maybe with the fan – I don't. you know, Alex Cora has – a lot more insight and probably a lot more confidence in these guys than the fans do, but he's just not someone that I want to see right now on the mound. It's he looks like, and we had this conversation. I don't know what that clip was, um, but yeah, no, he's been he's been he's been bad, like really bad. Um, I, I think like a guy a guy like Salamora, he's not exactly like you know a a guy you look to to bring out of the pen early, but. Even a guy like that, I, I would put him in some of these more high leverage situations than you're putting Robles. Yeah, I don't know why we don't see more of Salamora. We were talking about it today. Uh, Guardy was expecting to see Salamora come out on his electric scooter from the from the clubhouse, but Salamora, I don't think he's been overly bad. I mean, maybe the number, maybe I don't have the numbers in front of me, but 
I don't think he's been bad. I think that he could use more of these positions where you're putting Robles in or, you know, where you're putting a guy like Phillips Valdez in where they're really not going to perform very well. And Salamora is good stuff. He doesn't throw very hard, but he has good movement on his, on his pitches. He gives guys looks that they don't usually see and it, it fools guys. So I'd like to see more of Salamora instead of these guys like Robles, uh, Valdez, really just those two, those, those two have kind of been the, the ones that stick out to me is, is not performing well. Who, wait, who was the first guy for Robles? Oh, it was the other guy. Valdez. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Valdez has been like up and down. I think he's back up right now with Rich Hill being out, but Sal Moore this year really has, especially of late, he's been really good. Uh, this year, he's got a 245 ERA and 29 and a third innings, 109 uh, whip, only 24 strikeouts. He's a, a weak, contact guy he's not looking to put you away but you know he's got he's got a nice splitter um and yeah i mean his last you know he hasn't when was the last time he allowed a run it's been last time he allowed a run was against st louis so he's four straight uh shutout performances and again a lot of the times we see him it's for like two innings here two innings there you don't see him as like you know, coming in the eighth inning to try to set up Schreiber or Hop for the save. And maybe that's a good thing because now we've got other guys in the bullpen who have kind of started to step into these roles like Diekman and obviously Schreiber and Strom and who's uh, Hauk, obviously. Like that's kind of your big four-headed monster at the end of the, the back of the bullpen now. And that's okay if Sal Moore is not going to be that guy. But I do think that there have been a lot of situations this year. Not that it really stands out, but I, I – I do kind of wish we we like have seen him a little bit more. Yeah, I guess I can think, you know, where you say he's such a he's a weak contact kind of guy. If you have guys on base, Robles, when he was when he was on, he was putting guys down. You know, they weren't putting contact on the ball. They weren't really getting on base. They weren't putting the ball in play. So I guess when you think about some of these situations where you need someone to come in and shut it down, Salamora's ceiling is going to be to get guys out by putting the ball in play. Robles, if he's on, he's going to put guys away. They, they're not even going to touch the ball. So I don't know if you look at it in that situation and say, you know, if they're good right now, then Robles is going to give me more. But where Robles just hasn't been good, I don't know how you can make that right now. You know, you don't want to blow his confidence and sit him. But at the same time, you got to be, you know, picking and choosing where he's coming in. Just had someone comment on uh, our post game video. Uh, one of the listeners was, uh, in the back of the shop, shout out Sean. He's like said literally in the background somewhere. I don't, somewhere know, where. In the I don't know where, but he was there pretty cool. Um, so yeah. And then first game against Toronto, I didn't catch a ton of that game. I know Siebel, well, I, like obviously Siebel pitched this kid, this kid over here. Falling off the scooter again. I, I think he's getting tapped by by the aluminum in the ankle. It's got to be. I think he's. I think he's just putting on a show here. Is he? I mean, I would think that if you got hit by that scooter in the ankle or in the shin, I feel like there would be a lot more. Not even theatrics. Just a lot more. You know, screaming and agony. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Usually, well, ninety nine percent of the time when we record the show, we're just like sitting in our rooms. This is. This is the live. This is the outdoor studio. This is the first time we've done this. This is I'm I'm for this. 
it's been a little uh there's been some ruckus going around you know his neighbors are celebrating the fourth of july uh people across the street this kid is still on the ground by the way uh there was a church there was some church bells going off i mean this is just this is just as real as it gets it's the city of boston we keep it candid here um but anyways yeah the first game against toronto i don't have much to say like gosman was really good uh Siebold wasn't great who was the guy who said he liked Siebold's stuff did you see that quote somewhere he was like I really liked what I saw from Siebold but he was like like obviously he didn't pitch well uh who was it It was like a former I think it was like a former Red Sox pitcher I don't maybe Eck maybe I don't remember but uh yeah it was was not a great game not a lot of you know hitting in this one Red Sox struggle with the runners in scoring position again, going one for seven. So I think you kind of look at that, snaps the win streak at that point. What was it up to? Seven, I think. Yeah, we're up to seven-game win streak. You're like, all right, it was one of those nights bound to happen. The 28th, last Tuesday, that was the killer. That one hurt. This one just wasn't good. I mean, this was just a classic bullpen implosion. Not even like the Red Sox do, but just like you read about in the baseball textbooks. Came in, you know, starter, Waka was good, only really allowed. I mean, I guess Waka wasn't great. Allowed four earned, but with the Sox put up five, you turn it over to the bullpen, you know, maybe you think that you still have a chance in this game, and then you just have guys like Brazier coming in. Brazier was good. Brazier's been good since he's, he's come been back. okay. He's been okay. And then you really just kind of end up with, you know, Shriver, Danish, like they do their jobs, you know, both allowing a run, not the end of the world. But then you bring in Hanzo Robles, and he just – it just not the time for him. Just not the time. Well, the storyline of this game was Danish pitched the eighth. The Red Sox are up five to four at the time. And you have already used Schreiber for the seventh inning, which I when I was watching the game, I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. How obviously not available because they're in Toronto, the whole vaccine thing. Duran was out the whole series as well. However, Duran, I think – think well he said he's going to be ready for the next time they're in toronto in september so he either got his first shot or is about to get his first shot Hauk said that he doesn't know yet um so that's good on the red sox part if the red sox have to play and i and again we talked about this last week i don't want to get into this until like we're closer to the end of the season and this is like a more realistic scenario but unless like the canadian government lifts this mandate we're going to be without Chris Sale, we're gonna be able without Tanner Howe because Chris Sale's not getting the vaccine. Like, let's let's be honest, he's just he's, he's not getting. It. Did he have like an Aaron Rodgers type of thing where he was like, "Oh, I'm getting you know medicated for it"? I don't think so. I think he straight up was oh, just like, right. "Yeah, he's like hell no, like I'm just not doing it." But I guess in that situation, if you go for a one game, you know, you can work around Sale not being there because you have guys that have been so good. Pavetta has been great. I mean, Avaldi. Of you know will eventually come back and be great. Um, We've worked around not having sale for like the past you know, that's, that's two and a I, half out of the three years. That's what I mean. So you can work around sale if you have to go into a full series with Toronto. You know you can work around a couple games in Toronto and have him just pitch in Boston. Like that that's something you can do. But for a guy like Hauk, you know you either need to solidify another role. He's been great. As the closer, I was I was on the record a couple episodes ago saying I didn't love him. Um, I'm starting to love him even more. The the way that I – when I watch him pitch, when I watch him close, he's quick, 
he puts guys down like today he pitched in the ninth and the ninth the top of the ninth was what five minutes he yeah, just moves quick he just moves so how is the only one that i'd be more concerned about sale not so much um uh, maybe the canadian government will lift it but you know i don't know i guess back to this toronto game this is where i miss a guy like garrett whitlock this is where you need him to come in after waka in the sixth inning throw two innings and then you can turn it over to schreiber and danish and you can just bada bing bada boom game's over Sox win. yeah so cora brings danish out again for the ninth inning i don't know really why you like i i was uh, everybody on twitter was questioning that move um and yeah i mean I don't know why you don't go with like Deekman there. I don't know why you don't go with Strom there. I don't have like the full like list up on how many days rest these guys had, how many like like I don't have that info available right now. So maybe if you're listening right now, you're like, oh well, Strom had pitched three days in a row. Deekman like had two. I don't remember that being the case, but I don't know. Cora said he was confident in Danish. He went with him and he gave up, I think it was two straight hits, or he let two guys on and then we got a fly over here now, too. Uh, and then, yeah, Robles comes in. And you, Robles is trotting in, two guys on, no out. And you're just like, you, you knew what was coming. This was classic, like, beginning of the season. There were a couple games. Uh, there was a game against the Angels early in the year. There was the Yankees game. There was uh, – there was another. We got, we've gotten walked off so many times this year. So many times. And it happened again. Happened again. But – you move past it, and the Red Sox rebound third game in the series, win it six to five. Um, you know, another big win. Bullpen holds on there at the end in extras. This one, you know, six five Verdugo with the uh, you know, the clutch clutchness in in the 10th inning. <laughs> it's uh it's it's quite obvious that Andrew Gartner did not watch this game. <laughs> Um, I, I watched a little bit. I thought that we were going to have some deja vu from the night before. Um, Blue Jays were creeping up. It was, again, you know, close game. Flipped it six to five. Verdugo, again, was huge in that game. But, um, you know, the Sox just kind of came through. You know, they were, the, they were the more clutch team. Strom came in, closed the door, which was great. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a six to five win is really what you're going to get out of a Blue Jays game. You know, the Blue Jays are not going to put up less than four or five runs on you. So, if you have to go out and score six, you know, we had to just score four last year against the Blue Jays. It's a, it's a just score five or just score six. They're just that good at the plate that you have to come out and your pitching doesn't, your pitching kind of can't be great. So your offense has to show up. Yeah. You, you caught me dead. Didn't really watch this game. I was trying to no, I, I knew obviously like, you know, you remember that guy, uh, what's his name? Um, not Sergio Garcia, the guy that was uh, Monday Night Football. Oh, uh, Sergio <laughs> Dip. Yes. <laughs> There's Vance Joseph on the sideline, <laughs> coaching the Broncos. He was like, "What did he say?" He was like, "It was like he was so surprised, like oh. be on air." He's like, "He is living the moment." Vance Joseph having the time of oh. his life. Hold on. I'm going to get that sound right up. You got anything else on this game? Uh, not too much on the Blue Jays game. I'm glad that you went out and didn't get swept by the Blue Jays. That's kind of a confidence blow, um, especially after such a good series in Cleveland. You know, 
you're not going to, it's the same as, um, as a Cardinal series. You're never going to go out. Nobody's going to get swept in one of those series, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. And I guess for the Cardinals, for the sake of comparison, very good teams. Someone's always going to split it. You're either going to go two, two in a four game series, or you're going to go two and one in a three game series. It's, it's pretty rare that these two evenly matched teams get swept. So I was glad that they came out with a win, got it close, got it done. Now I present Sergio Dip. And out to the 25-yard line for the Chargers, and here's Sergio Dip. Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life this night making his head coaching debut. Poetry emotion. I don't know how that guy got a job, but I would have. People loved him. Well, yeah, people were like, they thought it was hilarious, and then they were like, we need more Sergio Dip. I don't know what happened to him. I've never seen him since that game. I'm sure you can look him up. I'm sure he's he's doing something. Football, I'm going to guess football was not his forte and his, his expertise with sports. He seems like more of a soccer guy to me. Uh, yeah, he is. Mexican soccer team. Would you look at that? Good call. Anyways, there was no Sergio Dip action in Toronto. Uh, but, yeah, as you mentioned, thankfully no sweep for the Sox. And you move into a series against Wrigley. You got, you know, two of the most historic franchises playing each other at Wrigley Field, often compared to Fenway. Josh Winkowski didn't exactly feel that way. Trying to see what that exact quote was. Um, Said something along the lines of Wrigley is nothing special. Calls Wrigley Field underwhelming and very stock standard, which a lot of people – didn't uh didn't appreciate didn't appreciate i thought it was funny i've been to uh wrigley once it was i don't it was probably seven or eight years ago now but wrigley was cool but probably a little biased i think fenway's definitely better um but yeah this should have been a this should have been a series where you really take care of business and the red sox were very very close to getting swept yeah i mean you go into wrigley the cubs just not as good anymore uh, there was one game. It was Saturday night. We'll hop it. We can hop back to to game one. But Saturday night, they showed a graphic, and and I think it was the eighth inning that the hardest hit ball from the Cubs that night, and the the Sox bats were completely dead that day. But the hardest hit ball from the Cubs that night was a Wilson Contreras double play ball that went 88 miles an hour off the bat. So for that, I mean, the whole. The whole concept of the series, the whole overlook of this series was the Sox bats just did not show up. The pitching was good. Yeah. Pitching was great. They did what they needed to do. Sox bats just completely silent. Yeah. I mean, Josh Winkowski again, another great start. Oh, excuse me, against uh, the Cubs um, in this one. And yeah, again, just five hits for the Red Sox, a couple of errors. I can't remember if it was this game. I think it was this game. Franchi was really struggling at first base. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, stuff like this is going to happen even, even to good teams. And thankfully you'd really taken care of business against Detroit and Oakland and Cleveland and, you know, some, some crappier teams that you had played, you know, the past two weeks before that, but 
you know, they were thankfully able to salvage game three and extra, extra innings four to two, but that's really, yeah, as you said, just really never showed up just four runs in that win blow a big, uh, big lead on, on Friday. I think they were either up four, nothing or five, nothing. Um, that was the game. Rich Hill gets hurt, goes down. He had even said that he was like, he's like, I shouldn't have stayed out there for the rest of the inning. Um, he's like, I, I cost the team some runs and that ended up being that, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like that's just kind of a series that's going to fade off and you, you kind of forget about like not many notable performances, I, like, I don't I, I I don't really have much to say about it. If I think the, the coolest thing was that it was just like Red Sox Cubs at Wrigley. Yeah, the only thing that stinks is that there was no real star power. Like that's one of those games that when the MLB announces that they're gonna expand these schedules so that 32 teams are playing 32 teams and everyone plays everyone. That's one of those things that if you brought this back to you know 2017, 2018, and you had Cubs versus Red Sox at Wrigley. That's one of those ESPN Sunday night baseball. Fox is going to have it on Saturday night or Friday night. Um, and it's going to be one of these highly marketed games where now the Cubs just don't really have anyone to root for. I mean, all of that core that was there in 2016 is gone. Um, you know, you have Marcus Stroman, you have, I mean, who's been, and who's been awful, awful. And you have Wilson Contreras, who is the best player on the team and he's a good catcher, but he's just not very, he doesn't have the star power, and he's really the only star on that team. Yeah, you, you, yeah. There's there's not much there anymore. But yeah, you lose two out of three. It is what it is. And then yeah, today, today was kind of a a boring game at the beginning. Um, I think it was just hot today. You know, Red Sox didn't have like a real starter going out there, and bats were quiet at the beginning, but. Again, a win is a win. Uh, Trevor Story hits another home run, his 13th of the season, into the bullpen, which was great. Cutter Crawford. I've talked down on Cutter Crawford all year. He still has not had a very good season, but I think I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like this, that, that was a huge performance. And he had one other performance, I'm trying to remember against who, kind of recently where, oh, it was that Seattle game out west where he went out and pitched like five shutout innings too. You know, he was great there too. Uh, so, you know, you get what you needed out of him. Austin Davis, I mean, he was great as well. He only walked one guy in two innings, no hits, no runs. So, you know, you got to somehow keep capitalizing on this series against the Rays. If they win these next two games, you're tied at, at 45 and 37 at the end of the series. And, you know, it's just – it's a fluid situation, second to fourth place in the AL East right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, you can't keep – you know, you got to keep the – the Yankees in the long-term front view. But for now, I mean, you just got to focus on winning these division games because the division's so tight. You just got to win these games. It's going to matter in, in August and September when you're down to the last couple games and you have the Red Sox, the Rays, and the, the Tampa Bay – wait, the Red Sox, the Rays, and the Toronto Blue Jays all fighting for wild-card spots. And it's going to come down – it's going to come down to these. Exactly. Uh, Red Sox today facing Jalen Beeks, our old friend, the Beak Meister, the Beak Man, uh, traded in 2018 straight up for Nathan Avaldi. I think, yeah, he only pitched two games for the Red Sox. Started one, six and a third innings, 12.79 ERA. 
Uh, he's having a good season. And I was talking to you about this before the game. I was like, you know, who's pitching tomorrow, Jeff Springs, who's having just like an unbelievable game names like that. They all, I've just all clumped them together and tried to throw them away from that 2020 season. I mean, what, what a weird team that was. I mean, so many like bullpen guys, Matt Hall, obviously uh very generous dude. Uh, who else do we have? Kick them. Who was the guy that uh, would like that was like pumping gas on 495 before? Oh, uh, Robert Stock. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think he plays in Japan now. There's another guy. Uh, just like, oh, Josh Osich. Um, Zach Godley started like he was like, what a, what a weird season. And honestly, the Red Sox are so lucky that that was the shortened season, because if we had to sit through a full season of that, I, 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 I could hardly sit through 60 games, but yeah, the Red Sox hit the win. Uh, I want to talk about Christian Arroyo really, really fast. I was going to say, it seems as if Arroyo is always, or at least in my eyes, like we've had multiple occurrences this year where I'm like, all right, this could be, this could be kind of last week of Arroyo. We need a roster spot for this guy. And unfortunately other injuries have happened and he's stuck around but he'll like struggle, he'll struggle. And then you're like, all right, this is, this might be it. And then he has another big game. And today, you know, another two hit game, he had a couple or uh, actually didn't have an RBI. I thought he did, but uh, another like big game from him. He's, he's a nice guy to have around. He's a good clubhouse guy, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much more on that. Yeah. I mean, overall, just, just good team win. Um, Trevor story had a big home run, which was awesome. Uh, they kind of blew a chance. Spaces loaded later in the game. Uh, they ended up scoring a run, but they really could have capitalized a lot more. Not that they needed it, but that's just one of those situations that you always want to put more guys across home home plate. Um, but yeah, I mean, pitching was surprising. I saw Waka got stra- scratched, and Austin Davis was in, and I was not feeling quite as good. Um, not that Jalen Beeks is the best pitcher in the world, but. You know, you always have to think that when you have Austin Davis starting the game and then Cutter Crawford coming in, you're probably not going to have the smoothest ride through those first seven innings. But they did. So I was pleasantly surprised. Good team win. Uh, one guy I want to talk about is John Shriver running out from the yeah. bullpen. Uh, gave me big time flashbacks to Heath Bell, who used to like book it, sprint as hard as he could from the bullpen to the mound. And, uh, that was always funny to see. Heath Bell, yeah. When we talked about two in that one all-star game when he slid into the mound, like hilarious. And Schreiber's like a little bit of a bigger guy than I thought he was. So yeah, he just rumbling down the tracks. Uh, that was that was funny to see. Uh, real quick, the last thing I want to talk about before we kind of move into the second half of the episode uh was Jackie Bradley Jr. splits. Let me see if I can pull these up real quick. Um, because a lot of people are saying like DFA, Jackie DFA, um, him. And he, is he having like a great season? No, he's doing better than I think we were expecting. In fact, I think I'd said like, Oh, if he hits 220 this year, I'll for sure, for sure. Take that after his awful season, uh, Milwaukee last year. I mean, he's, he's hitting 211, but on the road this year, hold on, there's an ad on the road this year. In 37 games, 115 at-bats, he's hitting 139. That's awful. At home this year, 291 and 109 at-bats. 
So I don't know what's up with that. Interesting little stat. But Jackie Bradley Jr. at home, just substantially better. Yeah, I mean, some guys just see the ball better at some places. Jackie's clearly comfortable at Fenway. But I wouldn't expect, you know, half of his batting average to drop off once you leave Fenway. It just, I mean, he's not a, he's not a very good hitter. That's just kind of what it is. Definitely not. I mean, at home versus right-handers, he's hitting over 300. So there's your sweet spot. If you're righty at home, Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be in the lineup. So interesting stat there. We'll throw it to the Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week. Who do you got? I'm giving it to Josh Winkowski. He's been surprisingly good. So I'm going to give him a .62. You know, I think we got to reel back the Alex Cora impact scale a little bit. I think we, we, we're we pretty gracious with these these scores. You know, was jo- actually, I'm going to reel it back even more. We're going to give him like a .47. Okay. Because, you know, Josh Winkowski's coming a couple times. And ha- is he the reason we've won these games? Like, probably not. Is he the reason that we've been very competitive and been able? Is he a is he a reason why we've been able to win some games this week? Absolutely, not the reason though. Point four seven, draw it back a little bit. All right, I'm for it. We like also a, like a point nine nine. Yeah, we were giving those out a lot. We got. I mean, you got to you got to either be like you know a special guest or like Jesus Christ with a baseball bat. JB Jesus. Uh, the other thing we really fast forgot to mention the Red Sox called up Yolmer Sanchez uh, for the series against Toronto with Duran out uh, got like two at bats so super random probably won't see him again up this year uh, so that was that um, given my Alex score impact player of the week to Frangie Cordero 455 batting average this week 22 at bats 10 hits no home runs uh, but his average is creeping up. I think it's around 260 now. And, you know, he's already played a career high in games. I think he's played 51 or 52 now. He's, you know, he's not all-star level, but he's comfortably an everyday starter now for this team. So I like what I'm seeing from Franchi. He's not the greatest defensively at first, but you can play him at first. You can play him in right, really play him anywhere in the outfield. So I'm giving Franchi Cordero a point. Six zero on the Alex Cora impact scale. Fair enough. Um, one comment on Franchi: It really would be a shame if Franchi hit two eighty, and Steve Brady would have to buy me a Franchi Cordero Red Sox jersey. What? Yeah. What was that bet again? He said if Franchi hits two eighty, then he buys me a Franchi jersey. I don't think there was anything on the flip side. I think Steve was just feeling overly confident that Franchi wouldn't hit two eighty. All right. Well, you heard it here first. I also don't think I've disclosed this on the show. I made a bet with my roommate, Chris, who we had on the show. If you want to listen to one of the weirder episodes of Gone Bridge, <laughs> go check out that one. I think it's called uh, – I don't remember what the episode was called, but it was around Christmas time. Uh, it was the cat the cat episode, somewhat like that. I don't remember. But um, we made a bet, whoever goes farther in the playoffs, Red Sox or Yankees, the other person – one night to the bar has to wear the opposing team's jersey. So I'm confident. Like, thank goodness it wasn't a regular season bet because I'd be sweating. But Garrett Cole in the playoffs, sign me up for that. Like, not, I'm really – I'm not that worried about it. No. Um, so, question. We're sitting here, and, you know, it's, it's getting to dinner time. I'm getting hungry, right? 
but it's 4th of July. Like I kind of want to relax a little bit, but I, I want to like, you know, grill some, some burgers, dogs, chicken. It's the perfect day to do that. I don't want to go to the grocery store. How, like what, like you got any recommendations? I would say as we just saw someone across the street, get some food delivered to their front door. I would say doing it through Instacart, which if you don't know is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient to make your famous dish while watching the socks or it's 4th of July weekend. And you're into some grilled chicken, grilled chicken doesn't get much better than grilled chicken. Order through Instacart. Delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. Shop multiple stores, see details in your area, and they will cater to your most specific needs. They always handle with care, fast delivery. Uh, if you haven't sparked your summer celebration, today was a beautiful day to do so. I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Uh, if you haven't yet, though, still plenty of summer to go. I would suggest doing it sooner rather than later so you don't miss the wave. Instacart. Never step from the grocery store again. Woo! Uh, we also got some questions this week. Uh, they actually do come in from Matt. I know that's a little bit surprising, but they do come in from Matt this week. The first one that does come in from Matt is it's a question. And he says, what's the longest. Actually, that's a weird question. I'm going to skip that one. Oh, uh, what's the worst sunburn you've ever had? The worst sunburn I ever had. The worst sunburn I ever had. Fourth of July, 2020. Uh, I was on the beach and it was cloudy that day. So I decided oh. to go white on the sun. I decided to go white on the sunscreen, came back, was absolutely bright red. That's one of the worst mistakes. That's a sneaky, like you learn once and you're like, all right, the, yeah, the sun not being out at the beach, that'll get you. That'll get, get you. Me. Have you, have you ever gotten burned on your toes? No, uh, actually I've gotten burned on the top of my feet. Yeah, which is really uncomfortable. Very because you got to put socks on and then shoes on. And even if you just raw dog it with sandals, like that's even worse. Yeah. You know, that's one of the worst spots. Another one, like bad spot. Have you ever had your eyelids sunburnt? No, that's the that hurts. And top of your ears. It's like the couple places you don't think of putting sunscreen on and then you just you get killed by it. There's there's one place that I would talk about, but we don't have Steve to edit. So uh, have you had a sunburn there? Uh, we're not talking about it there. Okay. <laughs> we're talking about something else that I feel like if Steve were here, it's it's not a not something crude or sexual or you know disruptive. But I would say that if Steve were here, would he think twice about editing it out? Yeah. Would he edit it out? Like maybe mm-hmm. probably 90 percent chance he'd keep it in. But where Steve's not here. All right. I'll give the, I'll give the kid a break. Benefit of the doubt. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll discuss after the show. Uh, I'm trying to think I used to, I went to Aruba one time. I got toasted there, but I used to get bad ones on the Cape because I used to just same thing underestimate. I'm like, yeah, it's Massachusetts. Am I going to get burned? You get burned. You get burned really bad. No matter where you go to the beach. Uh, Next question, which also comes in from Matt. He asked, how old were you when you stopped going to a pediatrician for your doctor's appointments? Not going to lie. My doctor is great. So I still do go to the pediatrician. I'm uh, quite too large to be in there. Everything's like pretty small. Uh, I'm usually the oldest patient in there by about four times, but I got a great doctor. So I keep going, you know, I suck it up. It's a good answer. You ever, uh, you remember those like, like bead toys they have there? It's like the, you ever have those in your doctor's office where yeah. it's like the like you're talking about a different bead 
<laughs> All right, bend over. Um, so yeah, that was great. Um, I don't know. I switched probably like a two two years ago. Years. <laughs> That's the only thing you're gonna say on the on the bead thing. I just made a remark. I said bend over. No, that's not, that's, oh, not a, oh. that's not how the bead game works. No, it's not like a bead game. It's like it's like a, a wire, and you like just move it along the wire, and it's like just like kind of formed in a in a fun way. I used to like that used to be a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah. Hate this small doctor's office. Uh, I don't totally mind it. I can mind it for the time I'm there. It's very clean, but I couldn't live like that. I don't think. Okay, uh, real quick. Um, last night, so we got some more questions too today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come in from, from Jess. Uh, so Jess had DM'd us yesterday and was saying, I'll get here early for the beach towels. And I had said that if we get there early enough, what did I exactly say? Oh, I said if we get some questions from Jess this week, we'll give away a towel to a listener. Now, Klaus and I dropped the ball on that pretty hard and did not I, get I, I, had, I, had no idea, I had no idea that this was an agreement that, that we made as a podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough in DMs because, like, only one of us sees it. But, yeah, I think it was the seventh inning. I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, by the way. Um, but Jess still hit us up with some questions, which are great. Uh, she gave us four. We'll do two today, and we'll save two – for next week when Steve's here, it looks like two of them are Red Sox questions ish and two of them aren't. So we'll do one of each. So anyway, first question comes in from Jess and she asks who would win in a fight, a turtle or a flamingo? Definitely a flamingo. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the turtle because although the turtle doesn't move very fast, it has a lot of protection. And if you get bit by a turtle, you're, you're toast. Now, like, are we talking snapping turtle or just regular? Because snapping que- turtles. That's a question. Why are you asking me? Oh, I know. No, yeah, I'm usually not the one who asks the, the questions. Like, when we do questions with Matt, you're always asking me, like, can I do this? Can I do that? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'd take the flamingo, but I don't know if it's strong enough to, like, like, really, if you're in a fight with a turtle, all you have to do is roll it on its back. But does the flamingo know that? That's a good point. That's a good point. I uh, I don't know. I'm gonna take the flamingo. I'll take the underdog. Uh, next question also comes in from Jess. She says, uh, "Would you rather stand on Legos for an entire day or watch the Yankees win the 2022 World Series?" Um, at some point, once your feet kind of adapt to the feeling of not Legos. Legos. Oh yeah, the the multicolored bricks that you play with as a kid. Yeah. Uh your feet will adjust to that feeling after a little bit. I don't think I would adjust to a Yankees World Series very well. Yeah, I'm taking the Legos all day every day. Uh I was actually going to mention that. That's so funny. When we were talking about the scooter, actually I did mention that. I'm, I was yeah. Uh like the scooter pain and the Lego pain are right up there as Worst pains from childhood. Yeah, not uh, not great, not no. great. Uh, you see anything in the game this week you thought was fun? Make uh, make baseball fun again. Make baseball fun again. 
Padres City Connect jerseys are pretty cool. Ooh, I like those. Clean. I like those. That's going to be fun to watch. I'm trying to think this week if there's anything else I really saw. Uh, do Scrolling through stuff real quick. Yeah, I just want to see more City Connect jerseys. Like, most of them are pretty dope. Um, yeah, I don't really have too, too much this week. Do you like the 4th of July hats today? I didn't, yeah. didn't, I wasn't a fan. They could be better. I wish that they had taken the design and pushed it over the whole hat instead of just like that front part. I think if it's just on the front, like it just kind of looks mailed in, but if you do it for the whole hat, like you're, you're investing, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I get that. Um, you got anything else before we close up the ninth year? Um, I got two things. Number oh, wait, hold on. We got any, we got any notes this week? Well, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Okay. All right. Um, I've been sitting here. There's a car right in front of this balcony. Um, you should drop the license plate number. <laughs> <laughs> like specifically make model license plate. I don't I Yeah. I don't even know what that thing is. It looks old. Um, but you know how you have like intrusive thoughts about doing things that you'd never do. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the sound? <laughs> <laughs> a massive water balloon would make on the on the hood of that car like yeah, have you ever have you ever hummed a water balloon in a car it sounds yeah. like a bomb went yeah. off. that would be quite the sound speaking of intrusive thoughts i kind of told you one of mine earlier when we were walking um up like the top of the the grandstand in right field up to the truly terrace if you look to the right there's a concession area under the right field bleachers that's like i don't know 30 feet down and we had just gotten uh like water and like soda cups <laughs> i go imagine how far that water would splatter if you just dropped it from up here i, was, I thought you were talking about like dropping it on so just like turning oh. it over and like just oh, no i mean like dropping the full cup and it's just like exploding like not on somebody but like if they made like a little circle dropping it there, like, I don't know. Uh, intrusive thoughts, man. Um, my other one, uh, Fenway condiments need to be re-updated. We, we have all this like, you know, 100% all natural ketchup mustard. They have like Bavarian mustard, which I didn't even know. It's <laughs> good thing. stuff. I got it's that good. on my sausage this morning. Love a good AM sausage. Really nothing better. But would you <laughs> like, would you rather have that stuff? Which tastes like it doesn't taste like ketchup and mustard. No, I told you this like today. I got some I got some chicken tenders and fries during the game, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this tastes more like marinara sauce than it does ketchup. And I like marinara sauce, but not really with my French fries. So maybe this is just me being an unhealthy American, but I would much rather have like number one, get rid of some of the stuff. I think you need to have if you're gonna have chicken tenders, you gotta have honey mustard. But give me like you know the the Bavarian doesn't do it for you. No, the name because it's like spicy. Yeah, I need like name brand ketchup, mustard, honey mustard. What name brand are we talking? I'm not gonna do that. I'm trying to bait you in. Do they have barbecue sauce? I think they do. I don't think they also, do. okay. Here's the other thing that kind of makes me mad. They have relish, but it's in the packets. That just seems like, I guess, relish in a, one of those big bags that goes into yeah. the, yeah. It probably would sit there for a while. You big relish guy? I love relish. I do love relish. Relish is good. Yeah, the packets of ketchup are, like, the worst when the, uh, what's it called? Like, the, the vendor is walking around. If you get, like, a hot dog from them, they'll give you ketchup in a packet. And that's the worst because have you ever opened that up and just not gotten ketchup all over your hands? 
that's the problem with it is like the packets are, are difficult but the packets are usually better well they are they definitely are but you get it on your hand and it's like you, you can't get all of it out so it's, you remember the game that we went with that uh defunct now defunct podcast and you were uh, you were doing the drizzle the ketchup thing and drizzled it like not even close to your, <laughs> yeah, to your chicken tenders and fries my leg. and put it all over your pants. Yeah, yeah, that was was the time. Twas the night. That was a fun night. Twas a fun night. Closing out the ninth. I actually let me see what I got here. Oh, actually, hold on. Before we close out the ninth. Hadn't the, the the fans in the bleachers are a different breed of people, which I, I love the people out there. They're so they're a lot more rowdy. Like if you sit up on State Street and you sit in the bleachers, two very different crowds. Today, hot day in the bleachers. We had multiple tarps off, which if you don't know what that means, uh, the shirts were just flying off. Um, there was one guy who had his whole chest painted as the American flag. People were like loving it, looked cool. Like seventh inning, security comes up with a Hawaiian shirt. They're like, you gotta, you gotta cover this up. You gotta cover it up. I don't know why it took so long. Uh, there's also another guy, just he was sweating. He was a he was a, an older gentleman. He was quite large. Um, probably hadn't taken a razor to his body in a while. <laughs> um, and I mean, he was just his his pants as well were not being the elastic on those shorts was was not very good anymore um i'm sure you can imagine what that looks like and he was just sprawled out all over the seat if you want kind of like a visual look up let me see if i can find it look up Okay, we got it. Look up the Dodger Stadium sunbather in a Speedo. I think that was from a Dodger Films. I think that's what the YouTube channel is called. A Dodger Films old video. Basically what that guy was doing in the bleachers. Uh, nice family-friendly fun as always. He wasn't asked to put a shirt on. He put one on at one point. It was funny. He moved up about like 10 rows, sat down with his shirt off, then put it on, and then went back to his seat. So I don't really know what that was about, but yeah, I mean, Fenway security that kind of needs to lighten up on the no shirts thing. I understand, you know, maybe that's protocol, but people are loving it. I didn't, I didn't think it was offensive. Thought it was fine. Thought it was fine. No different than going to the beach. Nope. All right. Closing out the ninth. I got three quick things. First one went to a undisclosed name bagel and donut and coffee store that is very commonly known in New England. In fact, New England does, in fact, run on it. Uh, interesting. Uh, so I get a bagel with cream cheese, right? And usually this place, they lather on the cream cheese. Like, I'm a big cream cheese guy. I don't – let's not cheap out on it. Let's, you know, really put it on. So I open the bag up. I'm, I'm ready for, for this bagel, and it's – Bagel's got nothing on it. What the heck? I look deeper into the bag. They give me like a mini packet of, of cream cheese to spread on myself. And and you know what they, they asked for? A tip. Oh, they asked for a tip as well. They asked for a tip. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And the cream cheese, just enough to, to make it around the bagel. Just enough. I, I don't know where we're moving as a society, but but 
Duncan, uh, oh man, oh, oh no, oh, we got no editing today. Uh, this this store not putting cream cheese on their bagel by themselves is not a society I want to live in. Neither is mine. Uh, tipping culture has gone out of control. Um, it's great for the people who are working those service jobs, but for the rest of us who feel deep down it's socially unacceptable, you know, socially unacceptable to tip someone for walking to walking from the kitchen to the front door to hand you a bag worth of food um feels morally incorrect but at the same time you know you feel bad when you don't do it you know oh for sure well i like when i'm not sometimes like at home i work a customer service job um yeah i mean i i do i do like i like like a tip um my other closing out the ninth thought really fast what day was that um oh uh, it was Tuesday night after the Red Sox blew the game. Red Sox Twitter was completely off the chain. Um, can we all just, like, get along? Can we all just, like, get along? We're all Red Sox fans. I don't know what you, like. I'm not just, you know. Every, everyone's got their little spats. Yeah. Know? No, I know. It's just. Yeah. Uh. Last thought, yeah. Don Bridges for the people, for the team, for the people of the team, for the fans of the team. Everyone's got their opinions. Everyone's got their stuff, you know. Yep. Do what you do. Uh, last thing, big week coming up. We'll be at Fenway a couple more times this week, probably one more game against the Rays and one or two against the Yankees. So keep a lookout for some more content. I'm excited. I've never seen Yankees Red Sox at Fenway Park. This will be a first for me going to be a lot of fun. I've been to one Red Sox-Yankees game, but it was down in the Bronx. Uh, so I'm excited. going to be a fun week. Hopefully the Red Sox keep winning. And, yeah, since I've moved to Boston, I'm 7-0 at Fenway. Gone bridge again. Like, just insane numbers at Fenway Park. Just cannot be beat, folks. Cannot be beat. John Henry, if you want a sound investment, invest in the Gone Bridge podcast. Got any thoughts? Goes on the line. Go Sox. God bless America. Happy Fourth of July. Spark your summer celebrations. Exactly. I don't think we got outro music today. So this is this is how the show is going to end. Two-man job. Clawson and I today will be back later this week with another episode, hopefully with some more positive things, the Red Sox. But if you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gonebridge Podcast and Twitter at Gonebridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and we will be back later this week with episode 93. See ya!